Hey, and welcome back to the Joey Miller Podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller, and I'm so excited for you to study the Bible with me today. So I am going to be taking a quick look into the book of James, and I want to title today's podcast, James, A Good Look in the Mirror, because that's what the book of James is. It's a good look in the mirror. In fact, James chapter 5 talks about that the Word of God is like a mirror, that when we look at ourselves through the Word, when we look at the reflection of what we look like in reflection to what the Word is, it should, it should cause a change. It should compel us to live differently as Christians. And so I want to take a quick glimpse. Hopefully this helps you as you're reading the Bible, getting up and doing your devos. Maybe you want to dive into the book of James. And so I like to choose when I'm doing a, a Bible reading. I talked about this a couple podcasts back when we studied Philippians. I like to approach the Bible in a systematic way where I am assigning myself readings. So uh, maybe you want to dive into the book of James. Well, James... It's a short book. It's a great one to start uh, to learn from, and maybe you want to take a couple weeks or a month to dissect the book of James. But James is written by, of course, James. But his name in Hebrew is actually Jacob. And so uh, Jacob, uh, there's lots of Jacobs in the Bible, but this particular Jacob, or James, was the half-brother of Jesus. And so he actually, he started to pastor one of the first Christian movements that we see uh, in the New Testament church. And so uh, James here, or Jacob, we'll call him James for the sake of the podcast. James was a very wise, a very wise leader. And so he was known for his integrity and for his wisdom and really was influenced by the teaching of Jesus, particularly the Sermon on the Mount. James loved the part of James that was very integral, loved the Sermon on the Mount that would instruct us on how to live the Christian life. And so he was also instructed by the book of Proverbs. He was influenced, rather, by the book of Proverbs. A lot of his his preaching and his teaching in the book of James comes from proverbial speech. And so really that is just wisdom. And so James was very wise. And a lot of that came from the book of Proverbs, but I love the book of James because it's a very practical application. It's a good check, that a good self-check that we should do on ourselves as Christians every now and again. It truly is a mirror that we set up and say, this is what Jesus taught us. How is that now reflected in my life as a Christian? And if I'm not living that way, the book of James calls us to an opportunity to get things in check and get things right in our lives. So when, when uh, James was, was writing this, the church was going through persecution, famine, going through some stuff. And if there's one thing that we can learn through the New Testament books is that, that uh, people were always going through stuff. So uh, even Jesus himself, he said, in this world you'll have trials, but take heart for I have overcome the world. So what we're going through today uh, is it just looks a little different than what they were going through in the New Testament church, but they weren't void of trials and things going on. That's what makes the word of God so beautifully applicable in every season of our lives. And so let's take a look at this book that was written by the peacemaker and the wise and courageous James. So the book begins with a little summary and we're going to talk about the introduction at the end. We're going to end with the introduction. But after the summary, you know, that is inspired by 
the Sermon on the Mount and the book of Proverbs, uh, that James really wraps things up. And this is what he does. He gives us a list of ways to live and things to do, and then he wraps it up with a little one-liner. Uh, if you like one-liners like I do, James is the book for you. But he wraps up this whole introduction with a theme that is basically this, love God and love your neighbor. To truly love God is to truly love your neighbor. That if you're a Christian, they should know you. If you're a disciple, they should know you by your love for one another. And so before you're all hard on James, this is one of the most challenging, I would say, books to read because it, it really challenges the motives of our hearts. It really draws the line as Christians. Um, you might say, oh, that's just life and, and that's just the way people are. And James comes in there and he says, no, you know what? Uh, that's not how Jesus called us to live. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to grow in your faith and become a little bit more like Jesus. And so we start off and we see some themes that James addresses in his three main principles or points we're going to go over briefly, but I want to encourage you to dive in to these on a personal study basis to let the word of God really change your heart. Number 1 is this. James talks about not showing favor to those who can't do something for you. Wow. <laughs> Let's break this down on a practical everyday level. He's saying this. Why are you only nice to people who can do things in return for you that will benefit you? What a challenge to our hearts. If you're watching today, I want you to, to take this first theme in the book of James and I want you to take it like a mirror up to your own heart. How do you love people? Do you only love people who can do something for you in return? You know, the Bible talks about the kind of love that Jesus had for us and it was a selfless, sacrificial love that he loved us without expecting anything in return in fact he died for a group of people that were yelling persecute him persecute him kill him that were mocking him ridiculing him he died for those people and james is reminding us that we need to to not just love from a place of uh, what you can do for me in fact, if you have relationships around you, think about the reason that you even tell your spouse that you love them. Uh, some, sometimes my husband will be like, I love you. And, uh, you know, I have to, I have to, I'll be busy. And I'll be like, you know, I need to go back and say, I love you too. And I think, what is the motive in that? A am I only putting out love because I want to hear that I am loved? Or am I loving like Jesus in a way that says, I am just throwing out love because the love that i need to get is from him and that's what james is telling us here true love of god reflects in true love of your neighbor because you don't need something from them that's good i mean it's good to have healthy relationships and it's good we do need each other in the sense of community but when it comes down to it that person doesn't define you so he's saying look you need to love everybody you need to show as much genuine love to the person on the street corner as you do that person uh, that, that is your, your go-to ride or die uh, that, that reciprocates love to you. And so when you understand that, James is saying, if you are really a Christian, let's challenge our hearts in love. Love more. I tell this story a lot when it comes to forgiveness, but it also applies to loving uh, without limits. There was a person in my life and they had just 
been kind of rude to me time and time and time again. And here's the thing. This person wasn't an unbeliever. This person was a mature believer. And so I was like, Lord, I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be around this person. And I'm going to love. I'm going to love. And they hurt me again. And I remember in that moment saying, God, do you see this? Like, are you going to like smite them? Like, they're your child. Like, give them a good spanking. Like, right now. Like, just take care of this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And it, I knew it was the Holy Spirit because it was not what I wanted to hear. And, and he said, Joey, love more. Love more. I thought, love more? What are you talking about? Like, I loved. And they are bad people. And, and he said, look, love more more release more love love without limits love is a protectant to you and so uh, in that moment i understood that love isn't something that is defined by what people can do for us or even how people treat us that's why the bible says jesus said in the book of matthew love your enemies bless those who curse you pray for those who persecute you and he was saying this is a protectant to your heart not only is it a protectant it's the way that I, Jesus is saying, it's the way that I love. And so when we understand that, James is challenging us here as Christians. It goes uh, beyond just the surface. Hi, how are you? Great day at church. Glad you're here. Love your brother. Praying for you. He's going beyond that and he's saying, what's in your heart? Let's take a deep look here for some health and growth. Because, you know, the Bible says that our heart's deceiving above all things. And we're really good at saying that we are the most loving Christians. That we do everything with the purest motive. And James is saying, let's let the word of God, like Hebrew says, get in here and, and, and judge between bone and marrow. Let's, let's even look at the motives of the heart. That's why I love James. It's such a good heart checkup. To say, all right, Lord, what are my motives in loving? Am I treating people as you would want them to be treated? Am I just disregarding people who can't do anything for me, who can't offer anything to the ministry, who can't give a dime for the outreaches that we have? How am I treating those people versus those who can do something for me? A great reminder and a great question today from the book of James. The second thing that James addresses and just brace yourself because it's a good ouch moment is he addresses our words in James chapter 3 I mean James is like a no joke kind of guy right he's like all right Christians uh, if you profess Christianity uh, what are you talking about because I hear a lot of you saying things uh, with one side of your mouth and the other side praising God he's saying I hear you cursing each other I hear you cursing uh, you know, the, the brother or sister in Christ, and then I hear you praising God. And he's saying, look, that's like a dirty old mouth. You need a big old stick of soap in your mouth because you can't do the both of those things. He said, a, a stream of uh, water is coming from your mouth, and, and it can't cross-contaminate is what James is saying here. There can't be uh, uh, fresh water and salt water in the same stream. So we have to watch and guard our mouths as a Christian. And we talk about this um, in one way. The power of life and death is in the tongue and speaking blessing over our own life and declarations over our own life. But James is saying, let's take it a step deeper here. How are you talking about your brother and sister in Christ? Because here's the thing. Your words are a great revealer of your heart. 
Your words are a great revealer of the attitudes and the things that are going on inside of you. If you're constantly saying that you love somebody or, or a, a brother and sister in Christ, but then behind closed doors, James is saying, how are you acting towards them? What attitudes are you having? And he's challenging us because there's one side of us that are like, I'm venting, I'm just human, it really bothers me. And, and he's saying, okay, well, well, let's let's talk about that because if it bothers you, maybe you don't need a vent session with other people. Maybe you need to take it to the Lord. How we talk about other people opens up a window to expose what's going on in our hearts. And James saying, look, if you'll be bold enough to take the mirror of talking right about one another uh, and you apply it to your own heart, you're going to grow in the things of God. What is what is your intention for being a Christian? Is it to grow or is it to stay where you're at? If you want to grow, you're going to apply these principles to your life. Hello, Louie. You're joining me today. Are you watching your mouth, Louie? So he goes on and he talks about our words and how they affect our lives. And he goes into talking about the power of uh, declaration in leading our lives. He said, look, your tongue is like a rudder of a ship that it leads you in one way. It's small, but it has power. And so James is talking all about our mouth and our words, blessing and cursing those around us, speaking against what God wants to do. He said, look, don't be a double-minded man. You should expect to receive nothing from God. He's going beyond just the surface, and he's saying, let's do a heart check. Love it, love it, love it. Read James chapter 3. He goes on, and he addresses divisions by wealth and social status in the church. And I love this because we don't hear this too often. And he says, look, your churches basically should be multicultural and there should be different uh, statuses of social influence in your church. There should be the people who need Jesus that are wealthy and on the front row, they need Jesus. James isn't saying forget the wealthy. No, the wealthy need Jesus. But he's saying, don't forget the poor either. And when they come into your church, when they come into your life, let's say that, when they come into your life, he's saying, accept both of them, that there's a plan and a purpose for you to honor God in both of these things. He, he goes on and he addresses the wealthy people. And he's like, look, if you're putting all of your, your hope and your status in wealth, that's still not it. Like, you need to understand that the cross of Jesus Christ is a great neutralizer. And, you know, I love this because I remember a season in my life where I was all consumed with Joey. I was consumed with me. I, it wasn't even bad things. It was like a, a pity party. I was at a stage of life where I was like, woe is me. What's the calling on my life? How am I going to fulfill God's purpose? And, and me, 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 me. And even though it was consumed with God's plan and what I wanted to do for God, it was consuming me in a negative way because all I was thinking about was me. And that's how we can get. And that's how the mindset that I think that James maybe is addressing here is, look, you know, even the wealthy, we can get so consumed in ourselves and our social status and our things that, that we become really selfish Christians. And we think that life is all about us. And so what I did in this season was I started to say, how can I be a blessing to those who are less fortunate? Instead of thinking about, man, if someone would just 
show me how to pay off my debt or whatever. I started to think, you know what, what if I take what I have and I taught somebody who has less than me? And so I, I started to be a blessing. I started to look at people who maybe were of a different economic status than me and, and said, you know what, I might not be where I want to be yet, but I am not, you know, in that place either. And so I am going to use what I have to give to others. I'm not going to hold it back. I'm going to be a blessing. And it was that season that I went into uh, the governmental housing and I started Bible studies with the less fortunate in that area. I started to do after school programs with the kids there. I started to just give because this is what I believe and I preach is that the cross of Jesus Christ is a great neutralizer. A great neutralizer. What do I mean by that? I mean, there aren't rich people spiritual issues and poor people spiritual issues. At the end of the day, we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus as the answer. And so at the cross of Jesus Christ, everything becomes equal. It doesn't matter how much money you come from or how much money you don't have. God has a plan and a purpose for your life that is activated at the foot of the cross. And that's what James is saying here. He's saying God's plan and purpose isn't defined by how much money you have, how much education you have. God has a plan and it is good for each and every human being that is on this earth. And so to honor God is to honor that person, to believe that there is a plan and a purpose for their lives and to treat them with such. And so we see that the third aspect of James is really treating other people as you would want to be treated. And when you start to understand that, you start to live at a whole nother level. I love the book of James and how it, it really challenges our heart. And we're going to go back to the intro really quick as we as we conclude our quick glance into the book of James to maybe pique your interest to get deeper into the word. Um, you know, James, his whole theme throughout the whole book is really to love God, to love our neighbor, and to allow our motives to line up with our actions. That's what integrity is. It's when uh, the motives of what we intend to do line up with our actions and what we truly do, when our actions and our values are consistent with one another. And, you know, the truth is, unfortunately, a lot of us aren't at that place. There's a, a disconnect. And James is saying, let the word of God challenge your heart so that it can compel you to action. He says, faith without action is actually dead that if you have faith there are going to be actions that line up with god's word and his heart for people that will actually uh, cause your faith to be on display faith and actions should go hand in hand and so he leads us into this book as he's setting us up for some hard lessons reminding us look if you say that you're a christian there should be coincided actions that follow james also says this it's the, where one of the greatest verses that, that we can live by uh, in our everyday life comes from. And it's, it's the book of James chapter 1. And it says, Consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds. And we wouldn't consider it joy uh, in the natural. We, we naturally reject trials. But he's saying, look, let's look at this from a different perspective. Let's look at this from the perspective of God's goodness. And today, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and we're talking about the book of James, I want to challenge you to look at whatever trial that you're going through, through the lens of God's goodness. James says, look, when you do this and you go through trials of many kinds, the testing of your faith will produce a perseverance in you that will cause you to be perfect and lacking nothing. 
And perfect is actually a word that, that's repeated seven times in the book of James. And before you think James is just saying that we have to be perfect to be Christian, it's good to understand that the word perfect here actually is translated from the word that means whole. He says, look, when you go through trials of many kind, when you look at them through the perspective of God's goodness, you get excited because you know that God is going to bring you out on top, that you're more than a conqueror, that you're going to have victory through this trial. And when you do, there's going to be a maturing and a wholeness that's added to your life. There's a, a perfecting of your faith. What does that mean? That means that I believe the gospel. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a provider. I believe that he is a protector. I believe that, that he, he gives me peace for anxiety, that he gives me joy for sorrow and sadness. But there's nothing like a working out of that faith. There's nothing like times in my life where uh, maybe a trial has come up. Not that God ordains the trial, not that I want trials, not that God brings trials on us to teach us lessons, but he certainly will use them in our lives. And that's what James is saying here. He's saying, look, God is good. And whenever you look at your trial through his goodness, you understand that he's perfecting your faith, that there's an aspect of God that you're going to be revealed, that's going to be revealed to you, that is going to become a treasure to you. Think about times where I have gone through situations and I've needed a healing. I, I preached healing my whole life as a Christian. But whenever I needed a healing, it was a perfecting of my faith. And now I'm, I'm actually needing to work and apply the word of God. I'm, I'm actually needing to say, God, I'm taking you at your word. I am speaking your word. I'm believing you that your word is going to ring true in my life. And, and when I do that, there is a wholeness that comes to me. There's a strengthening in my spiritual walk that my faith is actually stronger because now I've applied it to my walk. And that's what James is saying. He's like, look, when you go through something, maybe you're watching today and you need healing. Thank God that he is a healer, that he is all that you need. Not only does he heal, he is healing. Get out the scriptures. I would get out the word. I'd meditate on the word, healing scriptures. I would declare it over my life every day until that thing broke. And when you understand that, James is saying, look, not only is this a mirror to show you different areas in your heart that need adjusted, it's a mirror to show you who God is and how your life can look like if you hold on to and you obtain the promises of God. So if I'm looking in this word and I need a healing, and my, my natural circumstances aren't reflecting healing yet, I look at the word and say, I know what the word is. I know what the truth is. And I'm going to keep believing until my natural circumstances reflect God's word. And you see that in the area of finances. You see that in, in, in believing God for salvation, breakthrough over different trials that come your way. Not that we do it in our own strength, but James is saying, fight the good fight of faith. Consider it pure joy. Get excited because God is going to show up on your behalf. And so I pray that you're encouraged by the book of James today. Dig into it. Uh, take, take a couple weeks and study it. I can't wait to hear your revelation from the book of James. And I'll talk to you soon on the Joey Miller Podcast.